You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Alrighty, we have live. I'm gonna get this off the ground on the Facebook side of things as right. well. It says it says live to me, so I'm just gonna start talking and then and Good. welcome in. US Dave is already in on YouTube. Buenas dias, uh, US Dave. Um, and and it might be a little late arriving crowd because we didn't uh, create these in advance, but that's okay. We we like a late arriving crowd. Sometimes it takes a little bit to. Uh, to to get going um but us dave is always here and ready to go appreciate you being here and uh on on tuesday we talked a lot of patrick sertan who is now being held out with a lower leg i don't even want to say injury precaution uh i saw a new word that that i was it fangio that maybe have used as uh precautious i like it i like it and uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna hold court here for a few minutes while nick is getting out some of the inviting in some of our some of our uh, Denver Broncos friends and family across the different platforms. This was late to get going. Um, a, a lot of you, what what was kind of fun over on on my channel was I took a, the clip of you know at the end of at the end of Tuesday, Nick said there's some things that I might be able to do on my channel that we don't necessarily want to do here, and part of that's putting highlights into into a, a clip because sometimes what happens if Facebook doesn't like it, they'll demonetize it. And we don't want that to happen here. My channel's not being monetized anyway, so I got nothing to lose. But, um, through that play in there that we talked about where Drew Locke, you know, to me really showed his uh, maturation uh, as a quarterback. And, you know, it's a simple thing, but mm-hmm. you, you have to, it's, you know, when you're troubleshooting stuff, you know, the refrigerator's out, well, is it plugged in? You know, if you don't handle the simple things, you can't get to the more advanced things and keeping his eyes downfield for me while the pocket is developing around him is a sign of a comfortable, mature quarterback. And then he makes a throw, you know, the KJ Hamler throw was nice, but that's not the one to me that's going to say, okay, I, I'm, I think I'm, I might have something here. And, um, you know, that drive, and in, in specifically, we mentioned how it finished off uh, with that rollout to the right. You know, he's a big dude, but he's still got good footwork. And, and mm-hmm. I was surprised at how athletic he was uh, watching him scramble. I mean, he takes three or four strides, he picks up eight yards, you know. So uh, he had a really good day. I know um, we want to talk some Teddy Bridgewater today because we did not talk any Teddy Bridgewater and then we'll preview the Seattle Seahawks just a little bit. But first, it looks like Nick is waiting on me to shut up now. Um, and we want to welcome in some folks that are coming in on, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Smoke Signals, etc. Yeah, guys, welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, made the link this morning, so we're getting it going off the ground now. I want to say hello to everybody before I get to everything uh, that we need to get to. U.S. Dave, as obviously, Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. Uh, Maybe Chad is in the house here. I'm not sure how this came about, but he says that during this broadcast, you can support my page by sending stars, a digital gift that helps earn money. Nick, as quick as that came up, if that's not automated, I'll buy you some stars. Yeah, especially with how it says me. Um, (laughs) Pay pay Chad, everyone. Um, Stephen Baumgartner says, hey, guys, Drew Locke is my quarterback. Um, Good to see Steve. I also love the... uh, his logo here, God, the Broncos need to go back to that. Those jerseys, those are so much better. Mike Gibbons in the house. Morning, guys. Good morning to you. Steven Tobacco. Good morning, fellas. I missed the show Tuesday, but made it back and watched it over yesterday. Well, 
it, you must have enjoyed it if you're here now. Um, so appreciate you doing that. Uh, Dave Glassman's in the house. Morning, gents. Drove from Des Moines through Davenport yesterday. Thought of you, Nick. Yeah, I've made that drive many a times. You should have pulled over in Iowa City. Iowa City's a beautiful, really fun town. It's and uh, although college students just got in yesterday, freshmen just got in yesterday. So maybe you don't want to do that. Um, Facebook user, I'm curious who this is, but uh, morning to you. Maybe it's a uh, Peter. Um, Tom is in the house. Hey everyone, how are you doing? Go Broncos. Cario, Chris, Cameron Mora, Drew Lock is a beast. Ken Booker, good morning, fellas. What player in the bubble do you most want to make the team? Uh, Sean Byer for me, for purely uh, biased reasons. Uh, his mother saved me at an Iowa-Wisconsin game. We have to go back to colleges now. I'm going to go Seth yeah. Williams. One, because he went to yeah. Auburn, and two, because I said he was a player to look out for, and I want to be right. Yeah. Well, for me, it's Sean Byer. Um, Buddy and I had way too many uh, adult beverages at the Wisconsin game with no food, and she... His mom brought us over and uh, fed us. So God bless her. God bless Sean Byer. Uh, DeAndre Witherspoon, good morning, guys. I have a question for you all this morning. Do you think the QB competition is closer than what everyone thinks? Uh, go Broncos. Um, I think everyone thinks it's close. I'd, I mean, people are really, seems pretty obvious to me that most people are pulling for Drew Locke over Teddy Bridgewater for whatever reason that may be, you know, more exciting talent. Um, but uh, I think it is close. And, um, we're only going off of what set seven passes for drew lock and eight passes for Teddy Bridgewater for that one preseason game. That's what we have seen. People have seen for the majority we, um, but they're going off of practices and scrimmages and whatnot as well. So it's based on what they talked about for those uh, settings. It is very close. You're, you're only as good as your last game, fellas and ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So we're, we're one bad throw away from it being really close again, no matter how far it is away right now. There's, there's not a track record here of, of success that you're going to get the benefit of the doubt of three, four bad games in a row that you're going to move forward. This is, and, and plus you've got depth, depth at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. So whoever wins the job, we, we've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. This quarterback competition is going to go on all year. It's, it's going to go on all year. The, the first time, whoever's a starter, the first time that starter struggles, we're going to, we're going to start hearing about it. We're going to start talking about it. People are going to start talking about it. Most popular guy on the team is the site is a, is a backup quarterback. So it, it it's close and it's going to stay close. Mm. I, I believe. Yeah, it'll stay close. Um, but that's good you, because it, it's, it's, it's good because you've got, I think you're going to have two somewhat competent. much better quarterbacks. Yeah. Yes. I agree with you there. Um, I don't think either are going to take that step to be like a top 15 level quarterback this year um, outside of the, they could be a fifth, top 15 quarterback statistically because of how talented the Broncos weapons are. Um, but I don't know if that would still make them top 15 on their own merits. Um, Joseph T. Fisher coming in saying, good morning, go Broncos. Jason O'Neill, good morning, men and women, Jason and Broncos country. Been a while. It has been a while, Jason. Good to have you. Uh, Jillian Richard Reese in here. I know nobody is speaking of him, but I believe if given the snaps this year, Royce Freeman could have a breakout season. Um, Royce Freeman was very much on the bubble uh, before the, Mike Boone injury and now Mike Boone's going to be out for a little bit. So um, I'm hoping that Royce can get some run uh, before Mike Boone comes back. And then the Broncos can trade him for like a seventh round pick and, you know, the, Oh, just a seventh round pick. But you know, that's a another cost controlled player. That's some depth. Uh, that's getting a undrafted free agent before they are an undrafted free agent. So you get the, the rights to them. So wouldn't be the worst. Well, and, and I don't think he's going to get the snaps, you know, probably not barring barring injury. It's Melvin Gordon. It's Javante Williams. So yeah. I would not expect a breakout year from Royce Williams just because he's he's at best third on the depth chart. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. You're 100% right there. I, like, uh, I liked him. I like the way you attacked the line of scrimmage and ran with a purpose when, when, when we see him. I like guys that don't dance around. And, and Royce Freeman, is he's, he's a man. He's, he's strong. Uh, he attacked the line of scrimmage, and he, he made good use of his carries, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked good. But he's, he's number three on this depth chart. Yeah. But, at best. I would say number four with Mike. Yeah, that's what I said, not, at best. At yeah. best. Um, but yeah, guys, the, we're going to get to the more of your comments here in a second. I got to get to the reads here, guys. This is Broncos for breakfast. We're coming at you live every Tuesday and Thursday at seven 30 mountain time. Um, obviously with the season getting up here, maybe we'll go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Once the season's off the ground, how, how Scott and I are feeling as far as the football and how much love you guys are showing as well. How much uh, we're getting in the super chats, uh, stars, stickers, et cetera, uh, makes a difference on if that's going to happen. So if you like the show, make sure you're dropping by and doing that. Uh, but this is Broncos for breakfast. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, M H H. And while you're over there on Twitter, follow us at huddle up pod, as well as at mile high huddle. Uh, thank you everybody for the reaction so far over on Facebook. We got Tim Durr with the wow react. We got Jillian Richard Smith, Greg Smith, uh, Jillian Richard Reese, excuse me, Greg Smith, Brian Spillaney, Jason O'Neill, John Holloway, Dave Glassman, Stephen tobacco with the hearts. Travis Weber, Joseph T. Fisher, Gary Grant, Glenn Hauser. Glenn, good to see you, Glenn. Rob Williams, Christopher Epinoza, and Tommy Nugent uh, dropping the reacts on Facebook. You guys, be like them. Do us a big big help. Um, and hey, YouTube, hey, Facebook, like this video. Heart react this video. Helps us a bunch. Um, and while you guys are over on Facebook, become a supporter. Go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you're joining us on YouTube today, also... Uh, click the like, react, um, subscribe, like, and share. Also hit the little bell for notifications. So that way, if the link isn't made, you still get the notification because we've gone live. You know, you'll get the ping. Um, so you can come join calendar us. by now, right? Yeah, right. We got you guys trained like like dogs. And that's, that's I mean, that's essentially what we are. You guys are our dogs. Uh, we're, we're all each other's dogs. We're the dogs. We're the dogs. You, <laughs> we're you, the... Say, you say talk Broncos and and, and when we sit up and, and we, we we start clapping seals. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, that's That's exactly right. Oh, my God. I'm still a little bit uh, seeing those seal kills was it's still in the back of my brain, um, but uh, uh, orcas are pretty awesome. Uh, you guys also youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, I'm also going to drop the, the link here in the chat. If you guys just click the link here, it'll take you to Scott's page and we're trying to get Scott to a thousand. So if you guys like Scott's content and you're more curious in, you know, this isn't just enough for you uh, talking this Broncos ball, you need to get even more uh, NFL college football talk uh in your life go to scott's channel make sure you click that link and uh yeah you'll get the good times rolling uh let's see some more of comments in here coming in uh we got where did we stop i didn't want to shane i don't want to flash shane and then take him down because shane's been with us for a bit good morning guys who do you think is going to be the wide receivers after the final cuts uh man this is a tough one uh scott i'll i'll kick it over to you i'll go this is a tough we'll, we'll say the automatic like does right now um, the automatic for sure is Cortland Sutton. How many do you take? How many? How many on a, on a roster? That's what I don't know. Uh, you I know, I haven't done enough six. roster breaks down to know how many are usually on a fifty-three man because I got five that are in. Typically, it's six. So there's five. I've got five that should should be on it. Okay, let's I mean, hear. That should be pretty obvious, right? Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and I. I've got Trinity Benson. Trinity mm-hmm. Benson has played his way onto this roster. I think he's safe. So that leaves one spot if there's six um you know has Tyree Cleveland shown enough has Seth Williams shown enough and with a rookie in the sixth round like Seth Williams you can practice squad him someone else may claim him 
Yeah. Um, but you can you can you can take that risk. I don't know that he's shown enough that people are intuitive enough to say, okay, yeah, that guy really slipped in. The, he went in the sixth round for a reason. So you might yeah. be able to practice squad him. But I got I got I, I think I think Benson has played his way onto this roster for sure. And the other four, you know, duh, those are Captain Obvious picks. The question becomes uh, Deontay Spencer with his kick return, punt return ability. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like you have to have him on there, then you probably have to waive the Tyree Cleveland's, the uh, Seth Williams of the world. I'm hoping that they can figure out something there for the, just for the roster math purposes um, and sneak Seth Williams on the roster uh, because I do not want to give him up uh, because the Broncos have two X receivers on this team right now that are going to be free agents at the end of this year. Well, um, so I don't want to lose Seth. It's a little hard to believe that you'd only keep six on a on a fifty three when you can run a five wide receiver set. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I'm yeah. going to run a two minute offense, I'm going to go five wide with an empty backfield. I've got one reserve receiver. You'll go with Noah Fant in that case. Yeah, he's but, you, know, you know what I mean. It seems, yeah. it seems yeah. like you might have maybe you might keep a little a little more than six, but I I don't know. I, it's not something I've typically paid that close attention to is the yeah. roster building all the way down to the fifty three. I'm usually looking at ones and twos. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, could be seven, but I think it's typically six. Uh, we got Travis coming in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Just curious, what was the article of Plummer and his bombshell on the Broncos? Um, last I saw with Plum- Plummer, he was saying that the Broncos uh, needed to have faith in Drew Locke and he needed a little bit more time. Um, but I love Jake. Um, I went to Denver about five the years other, ago. And I was rocking my the Plummer other one I, that I saw that was on the front page of Mile High Huddle this morning was just that he thought the practice was a little a little slow, a little slow. Oh, it happens. Yeah. It's August. It's, it's the dog. Yeah. They call these the dog days for a reason. And he was calling on the leaders of the team. This is when the leaders really need to push the guys through and drag them over yeah. the line. And he wasn't seeing that. And uh, was just, just calling out the Broncos as a whole. Nothing major, nothing yeah. major. Just saying, you know, that it's easy to get up for a preseason game, but now is when the leaders need to step up and push this team forward. And he wasn't seeing that at practice. That that So that was the gist of it. No big deal. And that's today's the last training camp uh, day uh, for the Broncos. And they're coming off of a beatdown of the Vikings, I guess, in preseason, you know, what, whatever. But still, they, they whipped them. Um, so maybe the Broncos came in a little bit, you know, lost some of their edge in that game going against their own teammates again. Um, and also, you know, not trying to get hurt. You know, we're getting in the work in the preseason. We feel like we're in an OK spot. Uh, let's just go through the motions, you know, learn some things, get them a little bit more comfortable and uh, not get injured um, as long as nobody's getting hurt. And that's okay. And we talked about uh, Tim or excuse me, uh, Patrick Sertan, lower body injury. We'll see if he plays against uh, Seattle right now. He should be fine. Um, but do you need to risk him? That's the question, you know, uh, maybe not. No, it's, it's a, no. it's a hard no from Scott. For those of you that end up catching this on audio later, I'm shaking my head. Um, no, I mean, he's, you don't, you don't need to risk him. I mean, what's, no. does he need to learn something? Is he a bright eyed rookie out there who, who you're counting on, who doesn't know what he's doing. No. Um, you know, get some other guy, some work, uh, let him rest. I mean, it could be something as simple. He didn't say it lower leg discomfort, you know, could be a cramp. Yeah. It could be slight tendonitis could be, um, shin splints, you know, stuff, stuff, little things like that. But a bruise, you know, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of reason to risk him at at this point for, for sure. Um, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of work in practice for him. He knows how to play the game and going against, and one of the things with a great competition about uh, we mentioned this last week about going against the twos with the Vikings, you know, when you're going one-on-ones with this Denver offense, you might not face better, a better receiving core in the NFL. 
yeah. might not face a better defensive back crew in the NFL than the defense that you're going to face in practice every day. Now it's not the same tempo and you know, it's not, it's not quite the same, but Patrick Sertan's not some bright eyed rookie who's got deer and headlights. Look, the, the man knows how to play the game. Uh, if there's anything that could possibly get worse, like a strike, a slight strain, sit him, sit him. Yep. Absolutely. Tim Durr, morning, Nick and Scott morning Broncos country, EJ, similar sentiments here. Uh, karaoke Chris, do you guys think the quarterback competition winner will be announced after the Seattle game? Uh, I do. I think it kind of has to be, um, unless it's really neck and neck still, but uh, I think they got it. I think they got to announce it. I think if it's close, I'll just wait and announce week one starter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, I think it's quiet until week one. So, okay. We, we, this is our starter week one. And I, I don't think you'll hear anything, any major definitive statements that you can't go back on. Leave your, leave your lawyer talk in there where, you know, you won't maybe hear for now, but you'll hear our week one starter is Drew Locke. He's at a good camp. He's our week one starter. Not we're going with Drew Locke for the season. You're not going to hear that. Nope. You're going to leave yourself an out in there as a coach. Leave yourself, uh, leave yourself some wiggle room. Um, and we got Ophir in the house, just returned from Bulgaria um, and uh, everything negative. So that's good to hear. Good to see you, Ophir. Back, Ophir. It's great to see uh, Isaac saying after one preseason game, people think Drew is a beast. Um, Drew was great in that preseason game for what was asked and what the circumstances were. Um, but uh, the tape that we have to date from last season is far more indicative. So if people want to think he's a beast, maybe they're seeing things. Uh, maybe there's a little confirmation bias in there. Um, but we all have a little bit of that. So, you know, Everybody's let people drive. You know, know your biases and adjust for them. Um, yep. I, I Like we talked about, there, there are still more questions. But the questions yep. that were asked of this offense and defense of the number Broncos, you know, not just quarterbacks, were answered. They were answered yep. emphatically against, against the Vikings. And yep. that's all you can do. That's all you can do is go out there and is go out there and beat the guys that were put in front of you and look good. Yep. Look good. Teddy looked 100%. good. And DeAndre, we're going to get to you in a second because this is going to be our main topic. But you guys, man, I didn't think the chat would be so hot uh, coming in with the, the link just coming in. But good morning from Greg Smith. Uh, as Scott likes to say, as he drinks his co- coffee. Uh, Aloha. There we go. Glenn Hauser. Good to see you, Glenn. I love Glenn. Good guy. Um, good morning to you as well. Uh, we got KB82. How long a leash? Whoever's name the starting quarterback will be. That's a good question. We'll get to that. Peter Middleton. Love you, buddy. Um, Joseph T. Fisher's in the house. Dakota Marquez. Victor Rios. Good morning to you, Victor. Kareem Gomez. The best part of waking up is br- t- the Broncos talk in your cup. I love that. Um, there we go. Are you old enough, awesome. so do they still do uh, Folgers, Folgers jingles? I saw Folgers growing up. Um, okay. So, like, uh, Anthony. Some of, the, some of these things are age checks. You know, you... You run a well now with Netflix and stuff. It's like you used to run a Seinfeld quote or you know a friend's quote against a twenty something. They'd be like, "What?" You know. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those. You'll get there one day. Well, you'll make obscure references to stuff from the twenty twenties, and some twenty yeah. year old won't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, we're already getting to the point where these a lot of these kids out here don't even remember like pre-smartphone era, right? Like there's, that's there. There's a different talk about it's like you know you think in your mind. I think I don't know about women, but men we pretty much peak maturity wise at maybe 15 years old. So oh, in our man. brain, there's still this little 15 year old that is you know insecure and doesn't know and all this kind of stuff. And you think, you know what, I, I'm st- I, I can relate to these 20 year old until you talk to a 20 year old and you're like, oh, my God, they're freaking children. Yep. <laughs> the scariest thing is like when you see like a 16 year old behind the wheel, it's like, how old is that person like driving on the interstate, like going 
70 zipping past me like that that yeah and a, and a seven thousand pound suv god bless um peter middleton let's see the let's see after the second preseason game and thank you very much peter with the stars if you guys are getting those stars in um get those in now because i think i think there is a uh, raffle coming up for the star contributors over on facebook where you can win a von miller jersey um from mile high huddle so get those stars in every star is a uh, entry and it gives you a chance to win um so uh, thank you very much for the stars, Peter. And let's see, uh, let's see if you can get those. Um, we got Travis in here. Lord Deer is in the house too. Lord, good to see you. Rest him talking about um, Sertan. Patrick Sertan. Yep. And also uh, BNS coming at me here. I want to get to this one. Etnik, just remember this. When Drew is top 10 quarterback by the end of the year, I will once again serve up crow pie for the haters like I did with all pro bowls. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast. Well, I will say that uh, no cry was no crow was served for me for Garrett Bowles because I was uh, very much on the he's league average and or an average starting tackle and average tackles are hard to find even if you use a first round pick on him. Um, so I was fine with that and I was saying year four for uh, especially with the circumstances surrounding Bowles, be patient. So I don't think it's a one for one with Bowles and uh, Drew Lock, but I will that w- I would be so happy to eat that crow. Um, say, those are the ones you're happy about. You know, oh, the ones that you, you get mad about. When you start seeing people in the media and journalists start getting really nasty, it's mm-hmm. when they predicted something great and that person flopped and you look bad. Then you start, then they start getting, and that's when they start turning on coaches and start saying all the, you know, start getting a, a little prickly. You can notice that in their writing and the way they talk. It's like, I picked this team to be top five and they flop. Man, that team's going to get crapped on for the next year. Yep. <laughs> from whoever is from whoever's talking about him because you're pissed off you're mad at them for making you look like an idiot the guys that you bad. doubt that exceed on your team you're happy about that's great mm-hmm. that's great i don't want to see guys fail no 100 um also when the broncos are good if drew lock's good that means the broncos are probably good and that means mile high huddle's good and you guys are good and i'm good so i'm pulling for it i just i'm not here to I don't want to be a fanalist. I'm here to be as try, try to be as least biased as possible and give you guys uh, my true, honest take rather than, you know, setting you guys up, hyping you up for, uh, for failure. Not, that's not my game. Um, Zebulon coming in here with a $5 super. Uh, thank you very much, Zebulon over on YouTube. Uh, good morning, gentlemen, Scott, you nailed it with a PS2 praise from day one. Amen. Um, that's a hundred percent. And I'm really curious to see how much, uh, his usage is this season. And if he does become that true inside outside kind of matchup piece with the Broncos potentially losing both Kyle Fuller and Ronald or Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan next year. And if you love Sertan that much in that hybrid slot, do the Broncos go back to the well in the first round next year for another cornerback? Because you're in a division with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. You know how important all these cornerbacks are in the AFC West with all these great passing attacks. Maybe you go back to the well and get another cornerback, which I know that make some people roll their eyes because passing Justin Fields for Patrick Sertan is still pretty raw. Um, but you could be, you don't want, if Patrick Sertan is that good at matching up against those tight ends, you probably need to look elsewhere for some boundary help. Yeah. And, and picking Sertan wasn't a stretch, you know, no. he's I, I, SEC defensive player of the year. They coming out of Alabama, they, they, they do. Okay. There's some pretty good defensive players that come out of the SEC, uh, not a stretch, um, but you never know how mm-hmm. guys are going to adjust. And it's still early. Um, where Patrick Sertan ends up being used, again, it depends on injuries in the roster. Uh, if you lose a couple of corners next year then, and you, you don't go after another one where you have the freedom to use Patrick Sertan how you want, then he's got the versatility to play outside um, yep. to be out there. And that was that was the thing I loved about him. It's just big physical corners. You know, as much as 
I love Deion Sanders, Rod Woodson was my guy. You know, Rod, Rod Woodson was the guy, and that was the comparison I used against him. Rod Woodson was a safety playing corner um, until he ended up playing corner. But he was a he was a safety mentality with the corner skill set, the physicality of a, of a of a safety playing corner, and that's what I saw out of Sertan. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching him a lot this year. It's, he's off to a good start. Yeah, man, he is built different. It's pretty awesome to see. Um, also I've seen, uh, I know he was kind of cooking, uh, having some issues early on recovering from that injury, but, um, joint practices with the Titans and the Buccaneers, it seems like Caleb Farley has been uh pretty darn good there matching up against Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Uh, so yeah, he's, uh, Farley's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. So and part of yeah. his injuries and part of it's just mentally getting back up to speed. I, on my channel, I talked yeah. with, uh, with David Beauclair last week for mm-hmm. the, for the Titans and he, the coach there, I don't remember his name, got after him a little bit for, you know, missing an assignment, staying down, you know, getting down on yourself. I'm like, you, you can't do that. Get up and finish the play. So there's a there's a maturation process that needs to go on there too. But, you know, he hasn't played much football. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I think he's got – he had 19 games or something crazy in in, uh, in college. Shoot, he was a quarterback a in high school. For guys going to the pl- through the playoffs, you know, they'll play 16, 17 games. Yeah, and he was he was a quarterback in high school. And then they put brought him into Virginia Tech, played wide receiver for – a camp and then they switched him over to cornerback. So he's still, back he's still back in the days when your best athlete was your quarterback. And, and yeah. with the, with the spread offense, we're starting to see that again. You know, yeah. we're, we're starting to see that we've, we've talked a little bit about that with the, the big throwers are playing baseball. Yeah. So the best athlete is again, coming back to that quarterback position and learning to throw as opposed to the throwers. And hopefully they can run. We're taking mm-hmm. our runners and making them quarterbacks and hopefully they can throw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lord Deer coming in here. Um, Lord Deer was a big supporter on Tuesday, donated not only for Broncos for breakfast, but then also building the Broncos Tuesday night. So appreciate you, Lord. Now I see your picture there with the Patricia Mahomes. Um, the, the, did you see the pictures when they made all the NFL starting quarterbacks, males to females? The, this is the Patricia Mahomes one, but uh, Drew just needs to be I'm average. Not interested in, call me old fashioned. <laughs> uh, okay, well it's uh, Patricia looking like uh, somebody from Saved by the Bell, I think is what everybody said. Um, but Drew Locke needs to be average and will be fine. Um, the quest this depends on what the question is being asked for the Broncos in 2021, making the playoffs. Drew Locke just needs to be average and we'll be fine. Yes. Broncos long-term trying to punch up to the Justin Herberts and the Patricia Mahomes of the AFC West. Drew Locke needs to be more than average for the Broncos to be fine. Because if you've seen anything, if you guys have learned anything from that 2015 defense, how dominant it was and how quickly it fell apart. Building elite defenses is not a sustainable model for competing year after year. There's really only, I would say there's really only two methods and they both are something that Broncos have questions at right now. Great head coach, building a good program, franchise quarterback. So you can I, do both. Uh, there's Ooh. a chat coming in after this from BNS that says uh, on, on this comment says, Lord dear, we're correct. If we get Ryan Tannehill circa 19, we're playoff bound. That was an average. Ryan Tannehill no. had a, had a, had a 117 quarterback rating. I just happened no. to look it up yesterday. That wasn't yeah. an average year. Not at all. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was probably top two or three, at least at worst five in in quarterback yeah. average. So um, that was uh, that was. And I'm all confused now. So Pabby just blew my mind. I'm I'm I'm, I'm Pabby just blew my mind. So we'll come back to this. Uh, Pabby, uh, speaking of somebody driving from Des Moines to Davenport the other day, Pabby out in Central Iowa, saying good morning, Broncos country. Excited for football. Go Broncos and. Hobby is just so generous. Um, I've lost superlatives uh, for how supportive and helpful and consistent and awe-inspiring she is with her 
massive, generous going. donations. I mean, God. Keeps us, keeps us going, for sure. Really, keeping the lights on in here. Making sure that uh, my good dog, Summit, has uh, food in his bowl <laughs> with stuff like this. So thank you so much, Poppy. That means so much. Yeah, Poppy being Poppy. Uh, that's uh, Someone, Someone's got to support so my helpful. baseball bat habit. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, it's craft beer and hiking gear for me. Uh, Max, yeah, I don't, I don't Max. drink, so I, I got to spend my money other places. And you know, I complain about soccer uniforms and all this stuff, and then I'll go drop three hundred dollars on a baseball bat. You know, maybe we need Ooh. another one. And softball bat. The softball bats are worse. Really? The, the 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 girls' softball bats are worse than the baseball bats. So I certainly appreciate it. And and, and my my kids, yeah. I'll I'll put up videos of them hitting bombs with the with the bats that I'm buying them from Broncos for breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Max Power saying, uh, Nick, I know you're a big fan of Tevin Jenkins. Are you glad the Broncos passed? Um, I mean, who, who was to know that uh, he would have a back injury and need to have surgery and be out for the year, right? Like that's like saying, I'm mad the Broncos passed on tackle after uh, Jawan James gets injured and is out, right? Like that's, we didn't know that in that moment. Yeah, so there was, was there a pre-existing condition or anything in there? And, Not and to my did you pass, uh, who wouldn't you have gotten? Was it was was he still available when Javante Williams went? So you would have passed on Javante Williams to take Tevin Jenkins. I, and I would have done that because mm-hmm. I'm very much a believer that uh, if you want to have a good ground game, you invest in the offensive line because there's running backs every year you can get that can get what is blocked for them. But I no, love I, Williams. I haven't thought I about Williams. this, Nick, but we've used this comparison before when talking about building a team about how the, the general manager is thinking for the next 15 years, the coach is three or four, maybe five yeah. years. That's a little bit like your offensive line running back comparison. You know, mm-hmm. when you're drafting an offensive tackle, you're drafting for the next decade to build the running game as opposed to the running back, which is a short-term thing. You're looking for that mm-hmm. three or four years. So if you can solidify that offensive line, you do so, um, yep. and, and you get that guy. And, and it, no, I mean, saying you're nobody's happy that Tevin Jenkins is out. No, no, nobody's nobody's happy about that. No, it sucks, um, but. He'll be back next year, and uh, man, it's. I think the if Justin Fields does start this year, he's going to be running around a little bit because that Bears offensive line looks bad. Uh, Max Power coming in here, morning guys. Trade Callahan for offensive tackle depth. Um, the question is who has offensive tackle depth for starters? Because it's one of the the reason offensive tackle is so valuable isn't because an offensive tackle in its in its in a vacuum is uh super valuable like a uh, as far as impact on the game, but bad offensive tackle play can absolutely sink you. And they're just, there are not many guys who have the body type, the athleticism, the skill set to play tackle in this league. So it's a position that's value is mostly based on uh, scarcity versus actual impact on the game. Um, so I'm not sure who's trading that depth. Also, how often are you actually seeing player for player trades? Those are, those are pretty rare. If you're trading Callahan odds are you're getting, you know, a fifth round pick a fourth round pick, um, to give yourself more ammo next year in the draft and also roll over 7.5 million. Is that worth it? Would you rather just have the depth? Probably just hold on to Callahan for that price. Um, but for offensive tackle depth, you're probably going to have to give up uh, capital, uh, draft capital slash pick up somebody that's been cut. But uh, I don't know, man. Like the Broncos have offensive tackle depth with like Fleming, Massey, Anderson, and Bulls. It's just, I don't love, they, they need to find like somebody who is, a staunch, stable starter at tackle. And that's more of something that you're probably going to have to find in the offseason. It's probably not something you're going to get uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, for you know a, a corner like that, 
you're not going to get more. You're just not going to get the guy you want for for that. You'd much rather have your depth at corner with a guy who's already plug and play in the system. Um, yeah. Interesting. And and uh, I think it was BNS followed up on on the comment on Tannehill. Um, you know, and for me, this goes back to BNS guy said, yes, Tannehill had a great QBR, but only 286 attempts. Great running game defense. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but the question was is if the, the comment was is if drew lock is average Tannehill wasn't average he, he was a, he was a he made the pro bowl and led the nfl in qb rating may have only been 286 attempts but that's plus quarterback play you get you get ryan Tannehill quarterback play from 2019 out of drew lock you're going to the super bowl yeah no absolutely um yeah that's i guess that's the dream right the the we talked about it last week, the Titans um, building a team that was very run centric, that was able to beat the number one seed Baltimore Ravens with a good defense and Derrick Henry. Now the Broncos don't have Derrick Henry, but they have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, which is a pretty darn good yeah, duo on paper. In the aggregate, you know, with, yes. with, with two guys. And also you're going to have a even better defense than what that Titans had on paper. So that's the formula. And then when you can build off that, you can get some deep shots. Your quarterback doesn't have to be the most efficient in the world uh, to get that done. Um, so that's, that's, that's the dream. That's the formula to win this season. It's not sustainable long-term, but um, it could, uh, it definitely could do something um, this season in the playoffs. Well, but uh, let's get see, it. just, you know, going back to, I'm just, I've got it. I've got the, the 2019 passing stats up. I don't know all this off the top of my head. Obviously I did remember Ryan Tannehill. Cause uh, you know, looking back, that was Arthur Smith's first season. He's now the head coach of Atlanta. So I've been trying to draw some comparisons between what Matt, we can expect out of Matt Ryan with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but he also, his, his yards per attempt and completion were number one in the league. So yeah. that's where that running game, Play action over the top. What we see on uh, what, what what do we see in the in the pre in the first preseason game? We saw a lot of that. We saw there were not a lot of it. There weren't that many passes, but we definitely saw the blueprint for the running game and the play action, which I absolutely love. If you can run the ball, you're tough to beat. You're, you're if you can run the ball and stop the run, you're really tough to beat because third and long is just tough. It's a tough way to live on uh, on offense. Yeah, nope, absolutely. And also you can uh, shorten games and you can manipulate the box as well. You want to get big pass plays in today's NFL. The best way to do that is to get uh, single high looks from the safety and uh, pack the box and create space outside. And then you can stretch the field vertically and hit some big shots. And that's what the Titans have been able to do. You know, Ryan Tannehill has been great, but how much of it, how much is of it is teams having to, stack the box to go up against Derrick Henry. And I'm very much, you know, running backs. Ryan Tannehill's career best, um, his career best quarterback rating going into that season was in his six six years was like 93, Mm -hmm. you know, and then he pops up a couple of hundred pluses, um, you know, with that system. So again, I'd I'd almost rather have the system than the quarterback at times. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is it's hard to hold on to a system because you got a good offense coordinator. He's going to get hired away from you. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the point is, is if you can get, Average again, average quarterback play move up from 30s to teens. This is gonna be a playoff team. This, this is a playoff team. You start getting up into top five and QB rating with yards per attempt like that, this is gonna be a Super Bowl team. That's a that's a leap. Uh, I don't expect a top five quarterback rating from a Broncos quarterback, but going from worst 
to below average to average is two steps in the right direction. And this team yep. isn't far off if everybody stays healthy. Absolutely. Michael Ronquillo coming in here, I believe, with the uh, the Stars. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. Go Broncos for life. Appreciate that. Also, we got Broncos 17-0 and 0 saying, fellas, love you, but work gets in the way. Thank you. Well, yeah, you know, just just quit. Just continue to hang out here. Who, who needs a job? It's it's overrated. Um, it's football season, right? You need to take a little sabbatical here. Also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Cobra Commander, who, um, when I was trying to block the bot, um, I the chat moved and I blocked Cobra commander. Um, so Cobra, um, I've already messaged Chad and I'm sitting here like panicking because I love you. And, uh, I'm hope I'm definitely, there's gotta be a way to f- uh, correct this. I've been messing around in the back scenes and I can't figure it out, but I let Chad know. So Cobra, you didn't do anything wrong. It's the gosh, darn bots, uh, invading us with their NFL length and heart, heart reactions. Um, as Travis said, bots invaded again. So Cobra, it was an accident. Please forgive me. Uh, we'll get this rectified, but uh, hopefully just like, just like I said last uh, on, on Tuesday, you can tell we're making progress because we're getting haters and we're getting bots. So spam and hate we're, we must be doing something right. There we go. Yeah, you're right. I think there's enough views in here, but uh, Cobra, I am sorry. I'm like, oh, how do I fix it? I, there's no back button. Whoops. Um, well, I'll let Scott, uh, Chad know. So we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, and also, Cobra, if you're on uh, Twitter, hit me up on there because maybe I'll need to get some information from you to get you unblocked. Gosh darn it. Um, Sammy F. Uh, love the show, guys. Scott, let's meet at Twisted Taco and have a margarita and break down these first three games of the regular season. I'm thinking 3-0 and out of the gate. Well, uh, Sammy, that's uh, hit up Scott on Twitter also. Um, we'll see. Why Mark, think, go ahead. Why did I think? Oh, because I, I guess it takes a turn. I'm like, why did I think the, the Broncos were going to get off to a tough start? And I'm looking at the schedule. I think it's the the next yes. several games where you start going, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens and stuff. Cause you know, I look at this, I'm like at New York giants. Okay. That doesn't scare me. Jacksonville Jaguars at Jacksonville Jaguars, man, if you're going to go anywhere, go to Florida and hope it's not too hot. Yeah. And play the Jaguars. They don't scare me a bit. The Jets at home. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Reno's starting to look pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely possible. And um, this team needs it uh, because the schedule does get tougher after that. And also in the Vic Fangio era, the last two seasons, the Broncos haven't won a single game in the month of September. Um, so they need to win a football game in September. Uh, Mark well, Anthony coming in. The benefits of being like five and 11, you know, six and 10 is your, your, your schedule should be a little easier um, getting matched against. And, and I, maybe they're not as strong as, you know, historically, I think in my mind, but the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers just scare the hell out of me. You know, yeah. I just they're they're just always good, it seems. Um, and having to play either of those on the road, um, just because would you get you're at Pittsburgh and Baltimore at home, those are tough, especially yeah. for if you're struggling at the quarterback position. But three games, three games under whoever's belt, and hopefully, hopefully they're cooking by then and can be ready for those defenses. I'm honestly, I'll be honest with you, uh, clear with you, Steelers do not scare me this year. I think that is a team that they have a good defense, but Big Ben looks cooked and their offensive line is trash. I think the Broncos defensive line is going to manhandle the Steelers. And as long as the Broncos offense can protect the football and uh, control the pace of the game, they they should beat up on the Steelers uh, offensive front enough to control the Denver team. This is more of me just being from the South and thinking at Pittsburgh, you want to go in October, but Denver, Denver folks don't care when they play in Pittsburgh. It'd be a, you know, What's a little snow to the Denver Broncos? Absolutely. Uh, Mark coming in here. Uh, Mark Anthony. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, PFF said that Miners played better than Lloyd Cush at center last week. Y'all think this is true? And when do you expect to see the belly in a game this season? Um, I'm not expecting to see Miners in a game unless injuries happen. Um, you did see uh, Pro Football Focus grade Miners higher, but he was going up against lesser talent at center. And also, you can listen to the coaches. It sounds like Miners is a ways off yet as far as the intellectual demands for the center position, uh, just because that's probably the second toughest intellectual position to play on the offense behind the, uh, the quarterback. So um, he's going to get time to work this year. If you see him at all this season, it'll probably be at guard, yeah, not center. Maybe one of the guard spots. Cause yeah. I, I didn't focus on him a ton, but when I did, cause I knew, I knew he'd come up in, in our discussions here and, and we've talked him up a lot and there's some, this, but you know, there was one pass play. I think it was one on, on one of Teddy's where the, the, the defense tackle was head up on him and the pocket, it ended up looking like a V because the pocket built around him and 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 uh Miners just pushed his guy two yards back and just mm-hmm. held and just stoned him. I'm like, all right, he's he's gonna, but that's where he excels. Put a guy in front of him, tell him to move him, and Miners is gonna move the guy right there. Does yep. he have all the assignments? Probably not. Uh, is he ready to deal with uh you know with, with those guys coming on different stunts and pick stunts and picking up blitzes? Probably not. Yep. But if you put a guy in front of him and tell him to move that dude, Miners is gonna do it. That's what he excels at. And he, I mean he was always going to be a little bit of a project. I know he's very fun personality. People are excited about him going, lifting trees out in the woods and bum, who knows what Wisconsin. Um, But this is much more about 2022, 2023 for him, which is fine. That's the Broncos traded down. They had a, a good chunk of picks in the middle rounds. That means that you have hopefully cheap guys that can come up and replace expensive guys a year or two down the line. And that's how you keep sustainable winning uh, deep football teams that are not uh, bloated with, uh, heavy top loaded contracts. Peter Middleton coming in uh, with the stars <clears throat> saying, if Mahomes got injured in the first game, how do you think they would do um, you saying out for the entire season? Uh, Cause if Patrick Mahomes is off that chiefs team, we're talking about maybe a 500 uh, to what are the six, Patriots six, do the year they lost Brady? At, I think that was in Kansas city. Ironically, uh, they went to 11 and five, I think, but they, they were, they Tom Brady was very good, but Let's not kid ourselves. Those Tom Brady years in New England were also they constantly had a top ten defense and a top ten offensive line. Right, and you know the Chiefs. You know Mahomes is good, but it's not just Mahomes. No, they you know, they'd be I like think, I think the Packers losing Rodgers would be a bigger blow. Yeah, but I think the Packers defense is better than the Chiefs defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers have a they need more depth at cornerback, but their pass rush has been pretty good. They got some good safety. So I I, I don't know. I think this uh, without Mahomes because this is how good Mahomes is. You go from a team that will probably win 13 games plus to a team that's winning eight or nine games. Tyler, Tyler, uh, uh, is it Troisi? Troisi? Tyler Troisi has a good question. People have said that teams have called the Broncos about cornerbacks. I can't see the Broncos trading anyone, but if they did, who would it be? Um, You know, if I look at the depth chart and I watch the game, and I see third string on this depth chart, and you'll have to help me because the the, the Minnesota Vikings guys were butchering his name too. Oje Mudia? Yeah, Oje Mudia. Michael Oje Mudia from the University of Iowa. Oje Mudia looked good. I mean, he yeah, looked I would not long. He looked physical. He got called for a pass interference that was bogus. Yeah. He had a pass breakup that was in, in the end zone. Um, he's second-year guy, right? You're not trading him. He yeah. is somebody okay. who because I mean, but looking at third team, I'm like, okay, if I'm looking down the line and I look at who can play, I'm like, that kid can play. Yeah, he's he's one who got picked on a little bit last year, but he was a late third round pick rookie, and he played 
equivalent to Jeffrey Okuda, CJ Henderson, who were top 10 picks. Uh, a lot of times cornerbacks their first season really struggle because the game is so different from college to the NFL. I, um, I the physicality great in, the, in the preseason game. Yeah. He, he's also extremely intelligent. Um, he's a, he's long. Um, he's somebody who I would have been fine if the Broncos didn't sign one of Kyle Fuller or Ronald Darby. I didn't draft Patrick Sertan and Michael Ojemudi was in your plans because mm-hmm. second year uh, he looked like he belonged last year, which is what you want. Um, maybe he's only ever a fourth cornerback, but he's, he's talented. And I think he's much more in the plans for the Broncos in 2022 and beyond where you still have two years of control, but if you're trading I, somebody, it's Bryce Callahan. About the, you know, player for player trades are, are rare. It just, yeah. I just don't see, I, I just don't see why you would move anybody that's in your, you know, too deep or at least knocking on the door right now. Um, unless it immediately helped your team, you've got so much room in, in, yeah. uh, in, um, the salary cap that you don't have to clear his cap in order to get somebody else. And a guy you're moving that's on the last year of his contract, you know, that's, that's not going to do any good. That's you're not going to get anything for that. You're much better off having the depth. Yeah, I agree. Um, there are guys who you could be seeing moved if the Broncos start off three and five, two and six, um, interior offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback. Those are the positions I'd be looking at there. Um, maybe safety with Kareem Jackson. Um, if let's, this is, this is if the wheels fall off the bus and the Broncos right, are yeah, in yeah, yeah. asset accumulation mode. Um, but this is the team that's win now, right now. So I can't see that happening unless somebody offers you a deal that you, you can't, uh, you can't turn down. And maybe it comes down to the roster math as well. Like, listen, we love Tim Patrick. Uh, he, we think it's a really good wide receiver. Cortland Sutton's our guy, even though he's recovering from injury and we cannot let Trinity Benson go for what he's shown, how much he's improved, et cetera, et cetera. And we want to keep Seth Williams. We can get a fourth round pick in 2022 and a fifth round pick in 2023 for Tim Patrick. You may be considerate. I know that you probably want a top 100 pick. People will say that's not enough, but you're probably not going to get more than that for compensatory picks for him. I'm, I'm so superstitious. You know, as soon as somebody, you do something like that and somebody goes down with an injury. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but if the guy's not playing and he's not getting any time and he wants to move on, okay, maybe. And yep. if he's not playing, how hard is it to replace a guy with a body? out yep. there from somebody else's waiver wire practice squad who isn't playing. So yep. we'll see. Um, but definitely think that's a, um, those are things that you, you're making calls right now, or you're being called right now uh, to see what can happen there. Um, but I don't think any trade happens unless you're blown away. Um, you could see some guys farther down the depth chart, maybe traded, but uh, those are guys who are fringe starters. Um, so probably nothing coming of that, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. Um, we got also Mark coming back in. I just think with the struggles we were seeing at the interior of the line, monsters like Moody and Miners could really jumpstart this offense. Having a line full of savages is good to have. I agree with you, Mark, um, but you are missing a very, I think you're missing a very important aspect here. While Miners and Moody are probably more uh, hogs, so to speak, in the run game, those are guys who are still very inconsistent in pass protection. And pass protection is all about consistency, right? Like you can have, nine the best reps ever but if you have one bad one it can sink an entire offense uh you can get the quarterback injured you can get a strip sack etc etc so i think you're gonna you might see moody this year but he still has to improve in his pass protection consistency um before you're you are comfortable starting those guys but it does seem like moody and miners are the the future of the interior offensive line um especially for graham glasgow uh maybe for reisner as well that's one who that's one who intrigues me, honestly. Who's the person you get the most value for in a trade that uh, you could slide somebody in that you feel most comfortable with? Reisner and Moody, trading Reisner and starting Moody is one that I think makes some sense. 
especially with the scheme stuff going on here, because I think Reisner is a much better fit in the wide zone scheme versus power. But you're playing with fire, obviously, when you do something like that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it just seems like so much of the movement on the offensive line is done in free agency in a draft. It just yep. I don't you don't see trades that often for guys. No, nope. um, but you see guys, you know, signed as free agents and then drafted and developed so much more often. And then guys run out their contracts yeah. and, uh, you know, or get waived because they're getting paid too much um, mm-hmm. based on their first contract. But uh, trades for offensive linemen, I, I just trades in general in the NFL for players. They don't happen that often for guys that truly matter. I mean, yeah. you don't see many difference makers. That's why they make such huge headlines. It's like. I can remember the big time players that go in trades because it's so infrequent. So I, I don't know. It's I don't I don't see that happening too often. Yep, I agree with you 100. Um, percent Well, gosh, we only we already have like 10 minutes left. Um, we need to get to talking about Teddy Bridgewater's game because we didn't talk about that at all, and also what to expect in this uh, Seattle preseason game. So Scott, I'll give you the floor first. Um, little lead up to it though, Teddy. Solid game. Um, efficient. Scored a touchdown in the red zone. I don't think he was better than Drew Locke, but he certainly didn't lose the gig um, in that Vikings game. And I'm curious to see what he does against the Seahawks. Uh, we keep saying it on here. This Broncos team's got pass catchers. They should have a top half of the league offensive line. And coming for that number one defense in the NFL, definitely top 10, per, very good chance top five. Um, no, if, that should be enough grading, for Petty. If you're, if you're grading on a 10-point scale, you might give both quarterbacks a 10 from yeah. from that game. It's a... Uh, but you know, leading it, what what I what I was impressed with about Teddy is just how quickly he gets rid of the ball. You know, if you can, yep. he, th- this team that we've talked about all f- winter and leading into the summer and everything that we've done here for the last several months is talking about making sure we take care of the ball and get the ball to the playmakers. There are weapons on offense here. Teddy excels at that, and well, seven seven for eight passing, um, ran for a touchdown that was called back on a penalty. A uh, nice touchdown pass. He did the job. Again, like we said about Locke, the questions that were asked of Teddy Bridgewater, he answered. Mm-hmm. What can we expect to see against the Seahawks? I think we're going to see a lot of the ones again. We might mm-hmm. see Terry Judy again. We might we might see, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a co-number one, so to speak, right now. Just to get an apples-to-apples comparison, if you're going to say we're going to start this guy in game one and we're going to run our ones out there for a, a good bit of the time, we're going to start this guy in game two, well, you better run your ones out there for a good bit of the time, too, unless you've already made up your mind. So that will tell us what, if Teddy goes out there with a a whole slew of number twos, that's going to be something to watch for. That's going to be a a big flag of what to expect coming to uh, the game one. But Teddy was great, you know, and coming out of that game, as we said, it's like, you've got to be excited as a Denver Broncos fan. It's like Locke was great. Teddy was great. Okay. They were going against twos, but again, you, you got to beat who's put in front of you and the little things when you're watching how they react to pressure, how they throw on the run, uh, their decision making under, um, you know, on blisses. It was all fantastic. So yep. got to be very it, it, it could be Drew Locke, could be Teddy Bridgewater. But again, the quarterback play is going to get better this year for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it has to. Right. Nowhere to go but up. Um th- If it is close, though, um, as Peter said, if Teddy plays great this game and Locke plays well, too, then what? I've said it on here multiple times. Younger guy, bigger upside, cost-controlled, more more years of control. If it's close, you play Locke. Um, But Locke has probably a four-game leash. Um, And if he's absolutely blowing it out there, uh, you probably pull the trigger and go to Teddy. Um, But if it's close, I think you have to go to Locke. Um, in my opinion. So, and if it's close, that's not the worst thing in the world. You'd rather have them both playing well 
um, and having to make that tough decision. One thing I am a little bit guarded against Scott, which, you know, maybe this is just me being a pessimist because I've been hurt enough times by the Broncos quarterbacks in the recent years, but um, Broncos number one and number two rated quarterbacks in preseason week one. That's great. It's fine and dandy. Love it. Shows the depth of this team on offense, offensive line, uh, wide receivers, pass catchers, and having two good quarterbacks. I mean, there's a lot of abysmal quarterback play out there. A lot of teams don't have one, let alone two quarterbacks that you could be okay starting. Um, But the thing that makes me concerned is that it doesn't sound like the Broncos are nearly the passing game. The offense is nearly that good in any other sense, any practice, uh, the joint practices are against the Broncos defense. There was that one game where they lit it up and God bless them for that. That's awesome. But I wonder if it's creating this sense of uh, wow, we're going to be awesome. Uh, both quarterbacks are incredible and uh, we're going to have a reality smack us in the face. I think of it like lifting weights, you know, a little bit when you're facing the Broncos, number one defense, in practice, how many sets of corners are you going to see like that in in uh, you know against other teams in the NFL? Yeah. The other teams, number twos, probably looked like they were throwing on air. You know, you, yeah. you you get over up at two twenty five, and then you drop it down to one eighty five. All of a sudden, one eighty five feels really easy. So mm-hmm. they're getting. We talked about this a little bit earlier. They're getting reps with Sertan against a set of playmakers on offense and defense that they might not see as talented a group the rest of the year for the yeah. most. Now you'll see better quarterback play and line play and all this stuff. But as far as throwing against people uh, or, or defending receivers, they are getting so much competition and practice against the talented skill players that the Denver Broncos have that it might be tough to throw against these yeah. guys when they don't want to be thrown on. Yeah. We'll find, you know, we'll find out the, uh, the Vikings certainly couldn't do it. They, they weren't throwing on They weren't throwing, you know, when uh, was it Browning? Jake Browning was out there. And then Kellen Mond came in. They weren't throwing on the Broncos defense. No. So, you know, it, it's some of it's, is the Broncos defense this good? Is the Denver passing offense that bad? You don't know based on what you see in camp. That's why you got to go play yeah. the games. Yeah. Nope. It's, uh, it's tough to say. It's just such a small sample size too. Both of them killed it. That's better than both of them struggling, but um, I'm guarded. I need to see it. And, uh, and a lot oh, of the yeah, questions yeah, we have yeah, for these quarterbacks. Not, there's no reason to get carried away just yet. I mean, yeah. it, it was the first preseason game. Again, use this phrase before, we'll use it again. The questions that were asked were answered. There's more questions to be asked. A lot of questions still. Yep, exactly. Um, Kevin G coming in here. Oh, uh, yeah, Kevin G. Uh, do you think they should sign Josh Rosen? Um, Kevin, I'm going to get this, uh, be completely transparent with you guys. I really wanted a quarterback in that 2018 draft when the Broncos were picking fifth overall. Um, and I thought Josh Rosen could be a good option because I was probably swinging too far on the pendulum. Um, opposite of Paxton Lynch, where I wanted the accurate, smart pocket quarterback. Um, I probably that's probably another reason I've swung back the other way, because uh, Josh Rosen has made me jaded of the pure pocket quarterbacks um, who do not have cannons and can make things happen outside of structure. Um, so, do I think the Broncos should sign Josh Rosen? No, I do not. Uh, you probably already have you have enough going on here with the quarterback room to add something like that. Um, so, I'm going to go with no. I am. I am. Uh, and you'll hear it in the draft this offseason too. If we're coming up for a quarterback again, hopefully not. Um, but uh, I am out on the pure pocket quarterbacks. I need somebody who can be a playmaker, not a pass first point guard. Well, and again, I, I kind of, when we talk about the pocket guys, I kind of just cringe up a little bit when you start thinking about who the best players have been over the last, you know, 40 years, there's a lot of pocket passers in there. Yeah. But- the guy with about rings that he's starting to put on his toes. Yeah. Um, you know, Peyton Manning, et cetera, et cetera. Josh Rosen, the answer is no. Um, the yeah. problem is, it's not that he's a pocket passer. The problem is, is that he hasn't been very good as a pocket passer. 
Mm -hmm. Um, The question about Rosen coming all the way through high school, he was an elite tennis player, come from a family. I think his parents were a a pair of doctors. Just how much did he actually like football? There was a question if he would even play football. Now, some of that would would come as as come along, and as it starts to come away from you a little bit, you start getting a little hungrier. But he hasn't been very successful anywhere. And one of the interesting notes from the guy who was breaking his story was he's been in the he's been in the league three years. This is fourth. So far, each team has taken a top five quarterback the year after he's been there. So one, they weren't very good. That's partially his fault. Two, they didn't think he was the answer either. So. Mm -hmm. If you know, I, I think I wrote about this with uh, with with Josh with Josh Rosen and Atlanta Falcons. So, so for those of you that are ready to get rid of Matt Ryan, yeah, bring in Josh Rosen because then you're looking at number one pick possibly. But no, not not a, a no on Josh Rosen for me. Yeah, that's uh, same here. Um, we got D Brown coming in here um, saying we can't have average quarterback play this season. I'm sick of average quarterback play. Well, D, um. Be if you're sick of average quarterback play, I don't know uh, what team you've been following because that's not been the Broncos um, for the last five years. I, I guess I would say that Case Keenum was probably close to league average in 2017, but coming back, coming full circle to a point earlier, um, the defense completely fell off in 2017. They just lost the depth. Um, you have about one and a half season of elite quarter or defensive play typically before it falls off. And uh, if you put Case Keenum on that 2016 Broncos, uh, you're talking about you know making the playoffs. Um, it was 2018 with Case Keenum, excuse me. Um, then you're talking about making the playoffs, but um, and that's probably the formula this season. If you can get a Case Keenum level quarterback play, and God, I'm sorry, sorry, I just have to roll my eyes at that because it it's, feels like vomit coming out saying something like that. But if we can just get Case Keenum play this year with this defense and the offensive weapons that they have, this team can make some noise. Um, it's not a long term sustainable model, but for how talented they are this season, it can do something. The, the, the area where it gets hairy is how talented the AFC West is. And when you have three top 12 quarterbacks in your own division, um, it's tough. It's tough. I'm, I'm not scared of the Raiders because their offensive line has had so much turnover and their defensive depth chart is just laughable. Um, but the Chargers, I know we say it every year, but the Chargers, Justin Herbert, um, they have a talented team up and coming. And the Chiefs, obviously, uh, first team in NFL history to go to the AFC championship game or host the AFC championship game uh, three years in a row. Um, that's going to make it tough. That's, that's a different formula uh, than we've had to go up against uh, before the, the start of the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah. I think then, the, then it was pretty easy. It's like average is better than bad and it's been bad. You know, I still have from, uh, from our Ryan Tannehill discussion, I still have that, that up on my screen here and I'm looking in, uh, and 25th was 2019. So Joe Flacco was 25th. And what was, what was Drew Locke in the passing game last year? 31, 32. I think he was 30th but it was it was bottom 10 percent. it was yeah. it wasn't even average um yep. you're sick of bad quarterback play yeah you know you're sick of bad quarterback play average quarterback would be a gigantic step up if i look at let's say 14 in 2019 was 26 touchdowns 14 interceptions that's better than it's, it's almost a two to one ratio that that was average that'd be a nice step in the right direction yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm going to pull up Case Keenum's stats from 2017 because I'm just now I'm uh, sickly curious uh, to see what it looks like. What's uh, funny is in that 2019 from the regular season, I call average. We'll go top 10, second 10, third 10 as the but the the, the names from that 11 to 20 range: Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. <laughs> average is starting to look pretty good. 
Oh, it's 2018, not 2017. I keep mix, missing it up. Yeah, I mean, average, you, you, you can win with average quarterback play. Like I keep saying, it's not sustainable, but in one good season, it can happen. And no, uh, I'm going to share. We're talking about progression. I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it's realistic to say we're going to get top five play out of the Broncos this year from the quarterback position. But if you can go from 30 to the teens, the, and, and that's what it goes down to for what Peter's saying. And Tim Durr saying on Facebook, what those guys are saying on Facebook, so they're tired of losing. You know, average yeah. quarterback play makes us a winning team. Uh, yep. I've got very little doubt in my mind. Yep, absolutely. And Case Keenum, 26-rate quarterback for a composite score of EPA plus completion percentage over expected. Um, you'd hope he'd be a little bit closer to the middle here. So he was bottom third, but it wasn't scraping the very bottom of the NFL. And people asking about Josh Rosen earlier, woof. However, people banking on, you know, Drew Locke uh, maybe becoming an elite talent. Look at 2018 right here. You got Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen way down there on the bottom. So uh, there's a chance. Yeah. And, there's well, a chance. Josh Allen, that was his first year, I believe. You know, we, we compared his stats from Drew Locke's first 18 games to Josh Allen's first 18 games. They were pretty similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill got a new coach and, and focused on Derek Henry. He was in his sixth year. He'd played six years uh, with the Dolphins before he had a breakthrough. Yeah. Part of that being in the right team and the right system. Denver Broncos have the right team. Uh, can they can they get the most out of? Do they have the quarterback to take advantage of the system? That's that's what we got to find out this year. <sighs> yep, and I'm hoping that we can get some questions answered in this game. And my biggest one will be how does Drew Lock handle uh, pass protection or uh, handle pressure? Um, because the Broncos had the number one rated uh, pass protection from Pro Football Focus this last week. And I know that I'm already preemptively annoyed where people are going to say, well, it's not Drew Locke's fault that he's, you know, throwing interceptions or struggling during the season. Well, it's the offensive line. You know, I wasn't actually paying attention. I just noticed that there wasn't pressure, uh, but how much of it was blitz pickup and, and reads around that. But again, you start off running the ball, you're going to put linebackers on their heels, you know, yep. the play action works and all that type of stuff. So for me, it's, was it the chicken of the egg? Was it great pass protection or was it the fact that you run the ball? which changes everything, you know, coming out and running the ball seven, eight yards at a time. Those two first downs from Javante Williams set the tone. And when you can run the ball, you are a dangerous offense with kind of playmakers that these guys have. I I, I grew up with the, with the 49ers dynasty and the Cowboys dynasties in the eighties and nineties, they could run the ball and then they had big receivers and tight ends and fullbacks that they'd they'd get to and make big plays. So, um, you know, the play action, running the ball in the play action is you're speaking my language on this. I mean, that, KJ Hamler touchdown. Obviously, KJ Hamler cooked them, but both those safeties came downhill to to run stuff because the Broncos, Javante Williams, was punching the ball pretty well um, early on, and that caught the safeties flat-footed, and then KJ Hamler just blew past them on top of him beating the press coverage there. Um, so it's definitely a way that can uh, win football, but it's uh, you know we'll find out. Um, we had a comment coming in here. Here we go. Joseph, Joseph Castro. Uh, if you want consistency and boring, go with Teddy. If you want explosiveness and excitement, go with Drew. It's really that simple. Joseph, I, I, I'm picking up a tinge of uh, bias here. I don't know if that's the correct word. I can tell which way you're leaning. Um, and if boring and consistent wins football games and explosive and excitement doesn't, I'll go with boring and consistent. It's about the bottom line here. It's about winning football games. Um, so uh, if you want to call, if you want to call, you know, winning the games, 17 to 13 but you gave up zero uh you threw the ball zero interceptions and you're winning the field position battle i'll take it this team just needs to win football and i'm okay with winning ugly doesn't have to win 2015 we won ugly week after week 
that's fine. The big keyword is win. Well, and, and we'll see. Um, explosive and exciting does not describe Drew Locke last year. You know, the 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 game we saw in the preseason was definitely that. Yeah, was definitely that. Um, but we'll, I, like I said, I think we'll get an apples to apples comparison. Um, you know, I enjoy watching teams. There's so much the bend that don't break offenses that go across you that sometimes you just have to take what the team will give you until you get a lead, and then they have to start cheating, and then you can beat them. Uh, and, yep. and Teddy's going to rhythmically beat you down the field with this team. So again. I don't particularly care who the quarterback is. I just think that limiting the turnovers and being smart with the football and this team's going to be pretty good. And you see, you saw it with that. We go through I, that. I Drew think Teddy, you know, it, if Teddy's not the problem is all basically what I'm saying. If Teddy's your quarterback, you're, you're going to be okay. If Drew beats him out. Great. That means Locke's yep. better. So yep. having Teddy on the team makes this team a better team. Yes, I agree with you completely. Also, something coming back to Case Keenum versus uh, what we have this season. 2018, that Broncos offense was really lacking across the board. I mean, you had the the downhill play of uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, guys getting old quickly, offensive line that was not that good um, as well. That shouldn't be the case this year. This offense is much more talented. It's set up in a better position, and we saw it, that beautiful play with Drew Locke where he went through the reeds, stood in the tall in the pocket, Good pocket, um, but trusted his line um, enough where he didn't bail. That's improvement from last year. Um, but he got the ball to Judy. 10-yard, great. Third down completion, great. Then Judy gets another 15 yards. You have weapons where if you just get the ball to them in time and make the right read, they can do things for you after the catch and create explosive plays off of easy completions. I mean, Tom Brady's made a career off of that, finding the right guy open short and then letting them do the work. That win, that can win football. Drew Brees, another one who's done that. Um, so when you have... Jerry Judy, who can, who's explosive after the catch. KJ Hamler, who's explosive after the catch. Noah Fant, who's explosive after the catch. You don't have to be throwing the ball 50 yards down the field constantly and making explosive plays. Just get them the ball in time with the right read that they can do something after the catch. And you can have an explosive offense. It's just, it's, and I know I want the playmaker quarterback long-term over the point guard, but with the way this offense is set up right now, you just need to Rajon, uh, uh, cross sports analysis here. You just need to Rajon Rondo. Dish the ball out. You got uh, Kevin Garnett out there. You got Paul Pierce. You don't have to be the main scorer. You just got to be the, the distributor and let those talents around you make you look good. You said it all. Uh, we're an hour and five in. So I think that might be a good way to close it. <sighs> Yak, baby. That's what Keith said. Yeah, you, um, finish, you finish with a flurry. That's about time for Broncos 17 and 0 to come in. And he already came in early. So we can just bring that up again as the closer. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Love y'all. Um, we're going to get on out of here. Um, that's going to do it for us. This is obviously Broncos for breakfast. We will see you again next Tuesday morning at seven 30 mountain time. Scott, I'm going to need you to bring the energy cause I'm planning a uh, 30 mile backpacking trip, uh, this weekend. And I'm going to be hauling a lot because I'm taking my fishing gear with me. going to hopefully catch some Alpine Lake trout and cook them up in the back country. So, uh, never done that before. So I'm really excited to do that. Hopefully the weather will hold up. Looks like the air quality is going to be fine. Maybe a small chance of rain. We'll see. Um, but uh, be thinking of me. Also be praying no parasites. <laughs> yeah, that's um, always a, I never really had to think about that before, but I will now. I'll add that to my thoughts of yeah. let's not have parasites. Nope. The, the only parasite in my head can be what are the Broncos going to do at quarterback? Um, but guys, Broncos for breakfast. Uh, you guys can join us uh, every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 730 Mountain Time. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. While you're over there, follow us at Huddle Up Pod. 
as well as at Mile High Huddle. Facebook folks, thank you for all the Facebook reacts. They really came in strong today. 41, uh, appreciate all you guys. If you're on Facebook right now and you haven't done so yet, please click the the like, the heart, the wow. I don't see any care reacts right now. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you guys don't care, um, but I would I would love it if we get a care react in there. Um, I'll give you a shout out if you do. <laughs> but uh, if you guys are joining us on Facebook, also make sure to uh, follow us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, and now we're up to 44. Love y'all. Thank you. That's a great journey for us. Um, everybody on you. Oh, there's the care Eugene vigil. See, I knew it would happen. Call of action. You guys are great. Thank you very much, Eugene. Um, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share hit the, the bell for the notifications. So that way, if the, the chat or the, um, the link isn't made before the show, um, you guys will get that little ping that push notification or wherever, if you're on your computer, will come up and say, Hey, Broncos for breakfast is going live so you can get your butt in here and have some fun football talk with us. Cause it's going to be a fun season. Um, and also you YouTube folks, make sure you go to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, uh, bringing you Broncos analysis, obviously, but also just general football analysis as well. Um, a lot of fun there. And uh, I'm really excited for the college football season, uh, to start as well, because, NFL college to NFL going Saturday to Sunday, watching these young guys and starting to think like, okay, how would this guy fit? What's his value Thursday to Monday? Oh God. It's it, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. It's so great. Um, but, um, you guys follow Scott, uh, on there and I'm going to pull him up real quick. If you guys just click this link, um, it'll take you to his, uh, take you to his show. Also want to give a shout out to everybody who financially contributed to the show today. Um, this morning show, like I've said before, we, it was just an idea like, Hey, maybe people would enjoy the morning show. We weren't sure at the time if it was going to be at all financially viable, but, um, people coming in and doing super stickers, super chats, superstars, all of that is making it not only where we're going to stick around, but you know, there's going to be a conversation of, do we add more morning shows? Um, do we go longer? You know, there's, there's stuff to be, uh, discussed here. Um, as long as the, you guys are showing the love, uh, that way, because love Chad, but uh, he trusts what he sees as far as the contributions. So um, we'll shout out to Peter Middleton, Zebulon Foster, Corey Thomas, Max Power, uh, Pobby, $50 super, Pobby, love you. Broncos 17-0, Michael Ronquillo, and Kevin G. Uh, you guys dropping the, uh, the super chats helped us a heck of a lot. Um, and let's see everybody in here coming in. Um, Broncos for breakfast, MHH best. Thank you so much. Uh, take some photos, Nick. I will as long as it's not raining. Um, Keith Bergham coming in saying, thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, Keith. One hour went so quickly. It did go quickly today. We had, we had a good time. Uh, we Austin writers coming in. I'll add that to my thoughts. Uh, I'm dead um, about the parasites. Yeah, <laughs> the parasites. God, um, I've watched about 100 YouTube videos on how to clean a trout in the backcountry. So I'm not that concerned about that. And I will probably overcook it uh, just to be safe. Um, but the question is, will I be able to catch anything? Um, we'll see. Uh, Malcolm Brown, uh, hope you're doing well, Malcolm. I think you said you were in Homer back in Homer, Alaska. So hope things are going well there. Um, Peter, maybe with, uh, some more, uh, superstars here, he really wants to get that Von Miller Jersey. So thank you very much, Peter, Jason O'Neill saying, love the show. I'm glad I was able to tune in live this morning. Go Broncos and have a great day. Thank you so much. Michael coming in. Great show guys. Maybe Peter with more stars here. Tinder. Nice pod this morning. Gents have a good one. Uh, all-star Chad. There we go. We're all stars to Chad. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody so much for joining us today. Love y'all. We'll see you again next Tuesday with more information about the Broncos coming off that Seahawks game. It'll be a lot of fun. Everyone stay safe. Uh, go check out Scott's channel and, uh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Go Broncos.